Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle. They want to save you money while making sure that you're fully insured. Customer service means everything to them because they're great people. Happen to be great pros. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. It's 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Matt, unfortunately, got the shakes when he had to put a Colorado play in there. Motion man through the backfield. Shadour takes a snap, drops to throw, scans, throws over the middle. Mikey Harrison, Grant with the five. Hands hold. Touchdown. Touchdown, Colorado. Mikey, we like it. It's a strike of 18 yards, and the Buffaloes go on top, 41-35. I hope Oregon wins 40 to nothing this week. Mm. Not very nice. That was my uh, um, my friend Mark Johnson with the call on the Colorado Network. Mark's a great guy. Great guy. And look... And I've, I've I've never talked to Mark in the vein of, of football because it's been you know, we've crossed paths in basketball, and as you can tell, Mark has a fabulous voice. And here's a guy who, like last year had to call a one in eleven team, and really they've only had one decent year since they joined the Pac-12, and that was 2016. Other than that, it's been just it has it has to be so tough to sit there and. and Week after week after week, you enjoy the job, but you know, to call losing games, which he's had to do a lot of, it can wear on anybody. And uh, so I'm happy for Mark. You, on the other hand, um, you don't sound like you're a fan of any of this. Am I judging it wrong? Or? <laughs> Am I missing something here? The issue is going to be the defense for them moving forward. It's going to be a big issue against Oregon on the road, against Bo Nix and the Oregon offense. It's going to be an even bigger issue with Caleb Williams and the USC offense. It's not that Colorado can't score. 
they can score. So let's, you know, let's not um, fool ourselves here. I mean, and Shador Sanders is not a turnover machine. He, he, you know, the other night they go four quarters plus two overtimes. He threw one interception the entire game. He hit 81% of his passes, four touchdowns, one pick. Now, they don't run the ball well. See, that's the thing about Colorado. They, you know, they don't really run the ball well. They only had 70 yards rushing on 25 carries against Colorado State. So they have to really rely on Shador Sanders. And he was 38 of 47. But the problem is, in in that game, Colorado State did so many things well, except for one area. 17 penalties for 187 yards. Now, Colorado had 10 for 87, but they had seven fewer penalties, so let's not pretend that they were the most disciplined team themselves out there. But, yeah. And Colorado State was terrific on third down. They were 10 to 20. Colorado was 4 13. They had a lot of really good stuff. Colorado State, but again, the 17 penalties is going to derail you almost every time. Just like Boston College got derailed by 18 penalties, lost by two. If they have a dozen penalties, they probably win the game at home in regulation over Florida State. Colorado State has 12 penalties and not 17. They probably won the game in regulation. You're guessing, but still. But that'll be the issue for them, for Col- for Colorado moving forward. I, just, I don't think their defense is good enough. And the, the lack of depth is the part that will show up. And the lack of depth will be the part that shows up. Their first 11... On both sides, really good. The first 11 are fine on each side. The problem is 12 through 22 on each side of the ball. And that will come into play in something like this. Now you have to play without Travis Hunter for three weeks. And that's going to be a big, big issue. Because he is a legitimate major league player. And that hit on the sideline was a disgrace. He should have been thrown out of the game. The player that hit him... Should have been thrown out of the game. With all the ticky-tack targeting calls that we see, and some of them are ticky-tack, all right? Um, Then you have something like that where, oh, did he hit him in the helmet? No, but is it obvious that's a targeting? Yeah. Use some common sense, all right? Nobody who takes three steps and hits a guy who's already out of bounds, like way out of bounds, that's a problem to me. Should have been thrown out. The Eagles won on Thursday, so you were calm all weekend. I mean, I wasn't thrilled to see all the comebacks involving NFC East teams, but other than that, yes, I was calm. You do know why they play 60 minutes, right? <laughs> yes, and for those that were needed a reminder, you got that this weekend because... Those were two of four 
big comebacks yesterday. But you play the whole game. That's why you play 60. Sometimes you – sometimes look, there are usually three different play times you can win a game, whether it's football or basketball. I usually feel there are three moments. One of them is the first half. You can win a game and put a game away in the first half. Football or basketball, that's one. Second one comes at that point somewhere in the middle to latter stages of the third quarter, maybe or early fourth quarter where you can do it. And the other, the last one's obvious. It's the end of the game. But you don't like the fact that the Giants came back. You don't like the fact that the Commanders came back. No, I actually didn't. I really didn't like that one compared to the Giants. And you did not like the fact that the Cowboys looked way better and more efficient than the Eagles did. Yeah, pretty much, actually. You have Tampa Bay this week with the fighting Baker Mayfields. (laughs) Who are actually a pretty, and I I want to say almost much better football team than I thought they were going to be. 2-0. Yeah. That's not going to be an easy game for the Eagles Monday night. Yeah, it is a Monday night game. That game's in Philly, right? No, that game's in Tampa. Oh, good. Well, the crowd will be under control then. Um, good. What crowd? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> if it's a big game, they have crowds. Actually, it, it was it was fairly decent. They had a fairly decent crowd, but it's starting to diminish since Tom Brady left. Not quite yeah, like it was pre-Tom yeah. Brady, but it's not at the Tom Brady yeah. level that they were for a yeah. couple of years. You know, he left in February. You know that, right? All right, so... Uh, <laughs> By the way, speaking of Tampa Bay, now I think the door is now completely open to Nashville and all the other potential expansion spots. Nashville, Portland, Charlotte. Now the door is open for expansion in Major League Baseball. The A's are going to go to Las Vegas, settled. Today, the Rays announced they're going to build a 30,000-seat dome stadium in St. Petersburg. Retractable roof, the whole thing. And the Rays are going to pay for a chunk of it, by the way. What Major League Baseball was looking for was stability and a commitment. Well, with the A's, they got that with Las Vegas. And... They were waiting on Tampa Bay. Now they're going to keep the team in St. Petersburg. They're not going to go across the bay to Tampa, but they're still going to build something. And the lease runs out at the Trop in 2027. This new ballpark is expected to open 2028. So now that opens the door to expansion in Major League Baseball. And Nashville's a prime candidate. Portland, Oregon is a candidate. And Seattle, by the way, is all for it. Seattle's all for Portland. Because nobody travels more miles than the Mariners do. Montreal might be in it. Charlotte might be in it. But you're talking about commanding probably $2 billion per expansion franchise. That'd be a $4 billion windfall for Major League Baseball. But that's just... Figured I'd throw that out there at this particular time. But, yeah, that's all settled. 
And again, you know, John Angelos may throw the chip of Nashville out there. Major League Baseball does not want the Orioles to move to Nashville. They want Nashville to be an expansion team and get the money. Okay? They don't they don't want it. And I was just talking to a big Orioles fan today. He had his Orioles hat on. And I said, love watching your team. I said, they are fun. They are exciting. They're dynamic. They're in the playoffs. They are entertaining. Oh, let's go to the other end uh, when it comes to, like, dull and boring. Um, how's your team doing? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. No, that's a bad topic. Uh, okay. I mean, Susan Waldman and John Sterling didn't even make the trip to Pittsburgh. They didn't even want to watch it. I don't blame them. <laughs> now the Yanks took two out of three, but, you know, they should. <laughs> okay, there's a $229 million payroll difference between the Hence two. Hence why I said they should. Jeepers, cats. I mean, you are desperate looking for small victories. All right. But I'm thrilled. I am thrilled for every Orioles fan. You have been aching for something good since 2016. You were told, be patient, be patient, be patient. Well, now, look at this. This I, I am, for every Orioles fan, I am thrilled beyond words. Your team is young, fun, exciting, dynamic, and in the playoffs. So what else do you have to complain about? Well, related to the Commander's comeback yesterday, I have this message for Sean Payton. You are the most overrated coach in the NFL right now. Overrated. Because you can't even get your team to communicate right, and that was a big issue with them with the last head coach and the Daniel Hackett. And you're throwing all that at your $275 million quarterback? Now, he gets some of the blame. I get that. But it all starts with you, pal. You are the single reason why the Broncos are 0-2 and stunk up the plays in the second half and blew that lead yesterday. If you can't, if your team can't do basic things like communicate plays to each other in and out of the huddle that it distracts you and it throws you off completely to blow an 18-point second quarter lead, you got a problem. And it's not with the quarterback. It's with you, who sets the precedent. He may have gotten that Super Bowl with the Saints in 09, but this guy's done next to nothing since. And he's looked pretty embarrassing doing it, if you ask me. I don't think he asked you. Because <laughs> he'll know what I'll tell him. I mean, the Broncos, they are an embarrassing football team to watch. I mean, embarrassing. Trying trying to figure out where you're coming from here. You're a little vague. (laughs) So you're not a big Broncos fan? I never was, and now I'm really not after seeing that debacle yesterday. You watched it? I did, because I now have I now can watch 
Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. So oh, I, I forgot you're stealing cable. I forgot about that. Uh, so, yeah, I did. I had the Cowboys game going. Then once that became not a game anymore, then I was just following the Giants and the Commanders games. I had the Giants game the, on TV. I had the Commanders on my computer. Do the police know you're doing this? <laughs> you know what's really neat, though, about the YouTube TV with Sunday Ticket? How you can watch four games at once? I, that was fantastic to try out. And the fact you're doing it for free is even more impressive. Exactly. Do I hear sirens? <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells FOUDA! I think, yeah, I think I hear sirens in the background. Hmm. My goodness. I was listening to the show. I believe we have a criminal. <laughs> nice job. Stealing cable. <laughs> okay. Take a break. We'll come back more in a moment. I don't really think, uh, because of all your griping, I haven't really gotten into the game on Saturday. You've kind of like sucked all the oxygen out of the room. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070. WKOK brought to you by good friends at Purdy Insurance. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Gano is set. Snap is good. Kick on its way. Plenty of length, and it is good. Graham Gano hits from 34 yards out, and with 19 seconds to go in the game, the Giants lead it 31-28. Dobbs is back. He sets. Now he's going to heave one deep down the right sideline. The ball is up in the air, and the ball is... Knocked down and incomplete. Batted away by Adoree Jackson. And the Giants have done it. They trail 20 to nothing at the half. 28-7 early in the third quarter. Bob Papa with the call on uh, the Giants Radio Networks. Does always does an outstanding job. See, really good teams aren't just front runners. And that's sort of what your team never comes back, do they? Like every time they get behind, they don't they don't rally. Not recently, but they have before, just not recently. Yeah, before like 2012. What? That's a long time ago. <laughs> I was at the I, Miracle at the Meadowlands too. Yeah, that's it's adorable. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was years ago. It's a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long. Okay. 
what what Dick Girardi and I always say on that. All kidding aside, all kidding aside. Yeah, it's great to rally and win, um, but the really good teams aren't in close games, and the Eagles have been really good. They aren't in close games. They rarely are. At least they rarely are. How about that? And that is the mark of a really good team. Really good team. You're not really in close games. It was interesting this weekend in college football. Yeah, you know that that Texas, of course, was coming off the big one at Alabama. Wyoming takes them into the fourth quarter of that game. Florida State, Boston College committed 18 penalties. Florida State only won by two. Uh, Tennessee has just struggles trying to win at Florida. Now, Florida is a good team. Not a great team, but a good team. Um, you know, Michigan took them in. We went until the fourth quarter of that game where they finally pulled away against Bowling Green. Uh, there was just a lot of you know, Georgia. Just like you know Georgia last year, people forget that they went to Missouri last year and they struggled. And you're going to have these games where you just have to fight through it. And Georgia had to fight through it. And for Carson Beck, I mean, was it that the third start of his career? And they beat South Carolina. The problem is for South Carolina, bad combination. Georgia's very good against the run, and South Carolina struggles running the ball. They put too much on Spencer Rattler. Penn State, defense, five takeaways, converted into 20 points, seven tackles for losses, 11th straight game with six tackles for losses or better. Illinois stacked the box, really stacked the box. They had seven in the box, sometimes eight. They did a good job against Penn State's T formation with that stack. Newton and Randolph are two really good players. The two down linemen, Newton in particular, I think he's outstanding. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us on the show today, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street at Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. By the way, before that, I think it was the Delaware game I saw the Purdy family stop by the stage and say hi to Jack and me. And great to see all of them. Auto Home Life Business, RV, motorcycle, boats. Make sure you're fully insured. Maybe they go with bundles. They want to save you money while making sure you're fully insured. And um, and it is uh, just great people who are just believe customer service is the name of the game it's all about it's all about all of you customer service all at purdy insurance market street and sunbury go to purdyinsurance.com we're in the sunbury motors studio sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors key routes 11 to 15 almost wharf and online at sunburymotors.com getting uh kazai izzard uh, I mean, Vanover, Daquan Hardy back. That just adds to the depth on this football team. So Hardy right out of the gate. They're playing nickel packages, and he's out there right in the thick of it. Got an interception where the coverage was great. He had the inside cover on the guy. There was no place to put it. He picked it off. Um, Vanover off the edge. But then Izzard gives them more of a physical presence in the middle. 
Five takeaways, seven tackles for losses. That's what you're looking for. Offensively, you know, they kept stacking seven and eight in the box, and they just they kept outnumbering Penn State, and that's going to happen. There were a couple of drops. I think right off the top of my head, like three drops. Um, and, you know, two of them really derailed. One of them would took away a possible touchdown. Two of them stopped drives. I mean, it kept Penn State from getting first downs. And the penalties, the seven penalties, and again, you're talking about a couple leaders on the team, not just veterans, but like leaders. They have to be the first ones to show discipline out there to set the tone for the younger players. And Penn State ended up trying a 52-yard field goal because they got a, an inopportune penalty, with, which was self-inflicted. Walk away. Play the next play. You don't have to get in anybody's face. You don't have to push anybody. You don't have to do any of that stuff. No need. Be the disciplined football team. Okay? Let the other guy be undisciplined. Uh, you don't have to prove any point. Look at the scoreboard. You want to prove a point? Score. Uh, end of the half. After the block field goal, Illinois goes down, scores. 42 seconds left. After a kickoff return by Nicholas Singleton was 31 yards. They get the ball in great shape, 36-yard line. Bang, bang, bang down the field. Big pass play from Drew Aller to Liam Clifford for 33 yards. Gets the field goal at the end. That's what you're looking to do. Something like that. Singleton's use as a pass receiver, big. Because now if you are a defense, it is something else you really have to worry about. That's another element on the list to defend that you now know you need to defend is reliability in the pass game. Means a lot. And the other key, too, is knock on wood, keeping possession of the ball. Penn State's plus seven now, giveaway, takeaway. They got 34 points off those takeaways. So far this season, an opponent has not started a drive on Penn State's side of the field. Same story for Iowa, by the way. So far through three games, nobody has started a drive on Iowa's side of the field. So there you go. By the way, Jalen Milrow is going to be the starting quarterback for Alabama, in case you were wondering. He will get the job for the SEC opener, which is against, I believe it's Ole Miss. Um, yeah, which will be in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny on Saturday. And I think when you look at the quarterbacks, I mean, I haven't really looked at all the quarterbacks. I saw little bits here and there on the way back. But I think Milrow gives them the best chance of winning games. And tonight, the Steelers will play the Browns. We'll talk to Jerry about that in a few minutes. 
is uh, Steelers opening game was not exactly a work of art. But and this won't be easy tonight. What's interesting is that in talking with Peter King, and you heard Peter on the show late last week, he was talking about Deshaun Watson. Now, Watson last year, yeah, maybe you can look at the long layoff. Okay, he's got rust. He couldn't overcome it. Then you watch the opening game. He played the same way he did the end of last year. Their defense played great. He looked lousy. He looked lousy. Um, Mentioned the Orioles. They're in. Tampa Bay in. Nobody else officially in yet in the American League. There's only two teams officially in the National League, the Braves and the Dodgers. Phillies are getting closer. How about that? Wild card leaders would be Tampa Bay, Toronto, Texas. Texas a game up on the Mariners. And Phillies, Diamondbacks would beat the Cubs last night. And the Marlins and Cubs are tied. And the Reds are only a half game back. Whoa. And the Giants are two back. Hmm. Wow. How about that? Hey, the Yankees are over 500. That explains the uh, parade in the Canyon of Champions today. No, no, you know what you guys need to do in all seriousness spend more money all right uh we'll take a break we'll come back jerry dulac in a moment you don't want to spend more money just find a way to get more talent period no so you gotta spend more money because nobody wants to go there willingly what do you think go after otani what do you think I would love that. Of course you would. Hey, what do you care if you have a $400 billion payroll? <laughs> it's just the way the system is, unless they change it. Well, you know the reason why they won't change it? Go ahead. Why will, why, why can't they change it? on the owner's side. The reason they would change it on the owner's side is the teams that are at the lower half. The Royals, the Pirates, even the Rays. I'm talking about in terms of payroll. uh, Orioles, even. They'll all vote no on a cap. You want to know why? Yeah, because they'll have to fork over more money than what they are right now. No. Okay? Okay? I say cap. Okay, in terms of capping, because if you have a cap, now here's where the more money comes in. You have a floor. They would all have to pay more money to their players because of the floor, not because of the cap. That's the reason why. They'll so the owners would vote no. Players don't want it, but not even their their ownership wants it. All right, Jerry, in a moment. Here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. All right. Always great to get the insight from our good friend Jerry Dulac. My friend, it is always a pleasure to talk with you on any topic. Welcome. Well, Steve, good afternoon, and uh, always a treat to be with you. I know we're going to focus on the Steelers, uh, but you know me. I'll go backward to Penn State and forward to the Ryder Cup if you want to, but, hey, we'll keep it right where you want it. Yeah, no. Can I, I want to ask about the Ryder Cup first. Right. Let's just. I want to do that because I think it's it's important. Uh, what do you think of how Zach put this team together, especially when he came to the captain's picks? Well, Steve. First of all, I think there's too many captain's picks because it becomes too subjective. And and you know it used to be two. Now it's up to six. And I think even Jack Nicholas said they should just go back to two. And I I would agree. Yes. Um, I um, I was not surprised. I expected them to put Justin Thomas on that team because he's an unbeatable duo with Jordan Spieth, and why would you cost your team, you know, four points? I don't care that he hasn't been playing well. It's a whole different animal when it's match play, and he's paired with his good buddy. Uh, so that, that pick doesn't surprise me. I thought Keegan Bradley should have been on the team ahead of uh, Sam Burns, and yep. then you heard Keegan Bradley say, you know, he's not part of the – the boys network and that's probably true ricky fowler got picked and i like ricky but he shouldn't have been picked to get ahead of keegan bradley and and sam burns is scotty scheffler's good buddy keegan bradley's the kind of guy that you want on the road uh, where you haven't won in in over three decades you know he's a he's he's won twice he's feisty he's been in that atmosphere before you remember he uh he got into it with uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez a couple, a number of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in match play, and that's exactly what you're looking for because you don't have the intimidators other than Brooks Kepka. You don't have DeChambeau. You don't have DJ. But Keegan has that feisty personality that, to me, you need, and he's been playing well. So, I thought that was a, I thought that was a, a, a I don't want to call it a gaff, but you know, I thought that was a bad pick, and you know, they put that system in you know, to delay the picks, um, you know, because of what Billy Horschel did a number of years ago. And Lucas mm-hmm. Glover did it again, and then he doesn't get picked. So, right. um, you know, the, those are the two that I thought maybe he, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to say goofed on, but especially Keegan Bradley. I thought he should have been on that team. Yeah, I agree with that because I'm a major proponent of you put on the guys that give you the best chance to win. And I feel like in some ways with – the old buddy network getting together it's becoming like what the NBA is doing with FIBA they're throwing at they're not throwing the best players into it and they end up finishing fourth out of it instead of putting the best players out there and I feel that the guys that are playing really well should be the ones representing the country in the Ryder Cup yeah and you know and I get it you know it's not supposed to be an all-star team you know it's not supposed to be that it's supposed to be putting together the 12 guys who could coexist in the room, which is probably why Bryson DeChambeau wasn't uh, on that yeah. team. And I'm not saying he should have been. But, I, I mean, I get that. But I also think you have to take into account who's playing well, 
And, 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 and like I said, and in Keegan Bradley's case, man, somebody that you want on that team, uh, you know, on the road where you haven't won in forever. Steelers play tonight. They've got Cleveland. Obviously, the opener against San Francisco would not be termed a work of art. It would be more stick figures. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and as for Cleveland, their defense was a work of art, and Deshaun Watson played about the same way he did at the end of last season. How do you look at tonight? Yeah, Deshaun Watson's numbers, uh, you know, his rating and everything were actually worse than Kenny Pickett's uh, in the first game, and that's as bad as I've seen. Kenny Pickett play you know when you look uh, at his numbers his final totals they don't look so bad but they don't even begin to uh, tell the story of how poorly he threw the ball and it was just a surprise uh, uh, to everybody I think where Cleveland's going to give them trouble uh, is um, you know they don't have Deontay Johnson and they don't have Cam Hayward and I actually think the loss of Deontay Johnson is going to hurt him more Steve because he's a one guy on the team uh, one who comes out of his breaks better than the others and gets open better than the others. Two, um, you know, I think there's a um, there's a drop off now from the third receiver to the fourth receiver. Whereas before, depending on how you wanted to put him on the depth chart, you know, the, the fourth receiver was either Allen Robinson or Calvin Austin. Well, now the fourth receiver is Gunnar Olszewski, and there's a big drop off then there from number three to number four and three those Browns corners shut down T Higgins and Jamar Chase last week um, and and you know if they can do that again then the Steelers are going to have trouble completing passes and throwing the ball uh, and I actually think you're going to see them come out and try to run the ball a lot because they only ran it 10 times last week I think you'll see number 22 featured a little bit more uh, tonight but uh, I, I think um, it's, right now it's not a good matchup for the Steelers because with, with Cam Hayward out uh, you know the Browns obviously can run the ball with Nick Chubb, so I, you know, I, I right now I don't think it's a great matchup for him. And what do you think about the matchup of the Steeler offensive line with the idea they want to run the more the ball more as you mentioned against that Cleveland defensive front? Well, um, that's what we're going to find out because they didn't run it enough times to get any uh, get any flow last week. But where I was surprised, Steve, was the amount of pressure that the Forty ers put on Kenny Pickett, uh, sacked five times, uh, hit nine others. Um, we haven't seen that kind of pressure on him in, in a while. Uh, and he looked, uh, you know, uh, he didn't say any pre- – he didn't have any problem with decisions. He just had problems with his throws, and that was apparent. Had a little happy feet there, was, was, was inaccurate, left, right, high, low, didn't seem to matter. Um, so, obviously, uh, he's going to have to be better because – you know, what we've seen from that offense, Steve, one touchdown in four of the last six games, 14 of the 35 games under uh, Matt Canna. They just don't produce points, and, and they're at it again. And it was a surprise after what we saw in the preseason, even though, look, I know it's the preseason. Yeah. No, but I, no, I know exactly what your point is. You know, and the one time they, they moved the ball and they got points was at the end of the first half. But San Francisco was playing, you know, was playing umbrella, and they were able to run some quick game underneath. Yeah, and, and, and where I thought the Steelers failed. And, you know, when you when you go two minutes, Steve, obviously one of the benefits for the offense is it keeps the defense, same defense on the field. They can't substitute. They can't change right. their packages. Where I think the Steelers failed was coming on in the second half, especially after uh, two plays. Christian McCaffrey made it 27-7. to I thought the Steelers should have come back out in their two-minute and bang, 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 trying to establish some pace 
and you had success, the only time you had success in the first half, why not come out and do it again in the second half? And I thought that was a big failure on their part. I have to ask you about Penn State, because obviously you, know, you take a great interest in goes, what's going on around here. The whiteout game's coming up this week with Iowa. What's your thoughts on this team so far? Yeah, two things. One, I will say this real quickly. I was just thrilled to see my friend Tom Bradley recognized yeah, uh, you know, two games ago. I was just really uh, thrilled for him and touched by the reception that he got. You know, I've been, I've been a little... Uh, surprisingly unimpressed with their offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't like their run game concepts. I don't want to sit here uh, and sound like a coach, but with those two backs, um, there just hasn't been, and again, I know it's early, there hasn't been the explosive plays, and I, just, and I thought the pressure that West Virginia brought, and look, I know they were just sailing out. That's what they were going to do. They were going to mm-hmm. come try and hit Drew Aller as much as they could uh, I just been. Uh, I, I thought the offensive line again. It's early. I thought they would be more of a strength, and I've just been surprised how. Um, how, like I said, I, I've just been unimpressed so far with what I've seen. But there's no question that quarterback Steve can make every throw mm-hmm. uh, in the book. But I'd like to see. It's a shame they don't have another big time. You know, there's no, uh, there's no KJ Hamler. There's no Jahan Dotson, and I don't know if at some point in time, um, if that's going to come back to bite them. But they do like their tight ends, and Pat Fryermuth tells me all the time uh, he really likes forty-four. So, yeah, that's yeah, it's Tyler Tyler Warren. Right, uh, right. Thoughts 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 on the defense because again they got the five takeaways in the game, and they have got eleven straight games now with six tackles for losses or more. They had seven Saturday. Yeah, and um, you know Manny Diaz has done a great job uh, with the defense, and you know, and again you take it away. We saw at least four takeaways uh, in the first half. And they didn't capitalize. And I know it was on the yeah. road. It was Drew Aller's first start on the road. But when Sorry. they didn't capitalize, they're, they're dominating on defense. And they're just letting Illinois hang around it. What was it, 13 nothing or 13-7? And I yeah. thought, my goodness, they keep taking the ball away. And yet they just, they have a, it's a one-possession game for the most part. Yeah. And that's where the offense needed to, um, you know, they just needed to pick it up a little bit. And, again, I just think the, the lack of explosion for the most part mm-hmm. in the run game so far with the offensive line. That's just been a little surprising to me. See, we got it all in. <laughs> yes, we did. We discussed three <laughs> three different uh, subjects and three different teams, if you will. We got it all in. That's because you and I can do that. Jerry, That's exactly thanks. Right. Thanks so much, my friend. It's always, always great to have you. Yeah, Steve, uh, thanks, and I always enjoy being with you. And uh, when I can't watch it on TV, you know I'll be listening to you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. All right, man. Jerry Dulac joining us on the show. All right, wraps it up for a Monday. Neil Coulon coming up tomorrow. Sean Hannity coming up in just a few minutes. I've uh, called Brewers Outlet. We've ordered ice. We're going to put that on your head. (laughs) Just to cool you down. I think we'll need that for the suit more than me right now. The suit? No.